Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sira, and much more. Alhamdulillah, Nahmadu wa nasta'inahu wa nasta'afiruh wa nu'minu bihi wa natawakkadu alayh wa na'udhu billahi min shurur anfusina wa min sayyat a'malina Man yahdi Allahu falamudillalah wa man yudlilhu falahadiyalah wa ashadu an la ilaha illallahu wahdahu la sharika lah wa ashadu anna muhammadan abduhu wa rasuluh Amma ba'd Qala Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala fi kitabah al-kareem Ba'd a'udhu billahi min ash-shaytanu al-rajim Ud'u ila sabili rabbika بالحكمة والمعيذة الحسنة وجادلهم بالتي هي أحسن صدق الله العظيم. This ayah that I just recited, this is from Surah Al-Nahl. Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in this surah, in this ayah, that invite and this uh, invitation uh, command is to Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam and of course to ourselves as well. We invite to the way of your Lord. Islam with the hikmah, which is basically from the wahi, from the Quran and the sunnah. And fair preaching, hasana, and argue with them in a way that is better. The reason I started off with this ayah is, Alhamdulillah, Allah Azza wa has given another chance to fast in the month of Ramadan and uh, Insha'Allah, Allah Azza wa will forgive all our sins, previous sins, because of the blessings of this month. And whenever this month comes, we find a very good activity that starts within the Ummah, which is we charge up to call the people towards Islam, Muslims and non-Muslims alike. This is a good thing, and it should be not limited to the month of Ramadan, but alhamdulillah, that can work as a good starting point for all of us. And sometimes this call towards Islam, we find that turn out to be different ways are used to call people towards Islam. And one of the ways which is becoming more and more common among the Muslims it's called interfaith dialogues. And as we must have heard about when uh, some of the people from the Sikh community were killed unjustly. For that, we find many of the Muslim organizations gathering around the Sikhs and the Hindus and the Christians and the Jews and all of them together. And in some cases we find they are making collective du'as. And they all seem very nice until we go back to the Quran and Sunnah to understand what really is the da'wah of Islam. Because as a Muslim, we are bound to follow Allah Azza wa Jal. 
And yes, this is part of our da'wah, to call the people towards haq. That is the key thing. When we are talking about the da'wah of Islam, as a matter of fact, we find Rasulullah wasallam. he was engaged even directly with Ahlul Kitab to call them towards Islam when he wrote the letters. And the people from Banu Najran, they came to him, the one who were from the Nasara, from the, from the Christian, from the Ahlul Kitab. And Rasulullah he was in Medina interacting with the Yahud as well, who were also part of Ahlul Kitab. When the letters were gone to the people who were from the Christian religion, Rasulullah mentioned two main important points. One of them, this ayah of Surah Al Imran was included in those letters that says, قُلْ يَا أَهْلَ الْكِتَابِ تَعَالَوْا إِلَىٰ كَلِمَةٍ سَوَاءٍ بَيْنَنَا وَبَيْنَكُمْ أَلَّا نَعْبُدَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ وَلَا نُشْرِكَ بِهِ شَيْئًا وَلَا يَتَّخَذَ بَعْدُنَا بَعْدًا وَلَا يَتَّخَذَ بَعْدُنَا بَعْدًا أَرْبَابًا مِنْ دُونِ اللَّهِ وَإِن تَوَلَّوْا فَقُولُوا اشْهَدُوا بِأَنَّا مُسْلِمُونَ In this ayah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that say to the people of the book, come to a word common between us and you, that we shall serve none but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and shall associate none with him in his divinity, and that some of us will not take others as, as gods beside Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And if they turn their backs from Islam, tell them, be witness, that we are the ones who have submitted ourselves exclusively for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this was one other ayah that was included. Other part was from the hadith of Rasulullah that was part of the letter, and used to say, Verily, I invite you with the call of Islam. Embrace Islam and you shall be safe. And Allah will grant you the reward twice. If you turn away, then upon you will bear the sin of people under your rule. Not only your sin, but the one you are ruling because you are the one who are making sure they continue to worship other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the message of Islam was clear. That when we are doing the da'wah of Islam, we are calling people towards the Jannah. We are calling people to go away from the hellfire. And that can only be done by the message that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala descended in, uh, in the shape of Islam for us. And we should not be unclear about this, uh, this subject that in Islam, we cannot force anybody to enter into the fold of Islam. Like Rahaf al-Din. There is no compulsion in deen. Yes, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given the choice to the people whether they want to, to, to accept Islam or they don't want to accept Islam. They have this choice. We do not force anybody to become a Muslim. This is one of the things that have been presented among the people incorrectly as if the Muslims force the others to become Muslim. As a matter of fact, this is not allowed for us. Allah commands us. And this ayah is about the non-Muslims, not about the Muslims. That there is no compulsion in deen. That is about non-Muslims. We cannot force anybody to become a Muslim. Anybody who becomes a Muslim, he becomes a Muslim by his own will. Now, 
Going back to the subject I started off with. So we have an idea first, what is our objective of the da'wah? And the thing that becomes a mean of the da'wah these days, which is the interfaith dialogues. We have to have a little bit of history before we think that when we are engaged in interfaith dialogues, if we are doing the da'wah or not. And I'm not questioning any individual's uh, intentions here. An individual can go to those interfaith dialogues and thinking that he is trying to do the da'wah. This is between him and Allah Azza wa But we should not be naive. We should know what interfaith dialogue is and was started with. So if we go back to the history of it, some of the people actually take the history back to Akbar in Indian subcontinent. That he started the Deen Ilahi. Some of the brothers who are from subcontinent, they may aware of it. And Deen Ilahi that they referred to was basically a mixture of Hinduism and Islam. But the real interfaith that we look into in the history, we find that it started off by France in 1932. And they reached out to Al-Azhar University also. And the idea was to unite these three religions, Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, as spiritual religions. And there was a conference happened after that in 1933. And that was attended by Orientalists, missionaries, and different universities in England, France, Switzerland, Italy, Spain, and Poland, and so on and on. 1936, they came up with the Conference, conference of World Religion. 64, so there was a jump from 36 to 64 because there was Second World War happened and this whole idea of interfaith died out. After 1964, in 1964, Pope Paolo VI, he sent a letter in which he called the dialogue between the religions again. So see, one of the key things that you pay attention here, it's not us who started it. It's not the Muslims. It's not the da'wah of Islam that the whole interfaith issue started with. It is the other religions, they're trying to conform different religions into one. So he started that. Then, then the Vatican published a book in 1969 with the title Guide to Dialogue Between the Muslims and Christians. In 1970s and 80s, there's about 13, 14, something number like this, those conferences happened. Not, still not much. And even in the 90s, it caught up a little bit. But really you see a jump in interfaith after 9-11. It is to the point today that almost every masjid is somehow involved in interfaith dialogues. Not long, not understanding what is the purpose of the interfaith dialogue was. See, the purpose of interfaith dialogue, justification was given, we are all ganging up against the atheists, the one who do not believe in Allah, we are the one who believe in God. So the people of the God get together. Even though they might worship three gods, they might worship millions of gods now, whatever number of gods they are worshipping, we are the worshippers of God. So we are going against the people who reject the God completely. That was a justification provided by the people. But the main ideas that were presented in these conferences have to be looked into. And I challenge all the brothers here also to go back and study about the subject. Let's not be deceived. And those points, they may seem apparently very good points until we compare with the Quran and Sunnah. Says the points were like this. 
devising and adopting new meanings and provisions for words such as kufr or disbelief, atheism, polytheism, belief, even Islam, what Islam means, extremism, fundamentalism, what is moderation, identifying shared elements in three religions. See, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking to come to something common between us, He's not talking about the ahkam. He's talking about la ilaha illallah is the message that was common by all the prophets. We know every prophet was sent with a different sharia of their own sharia for their people. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam was sent with the sharia and after that sharia all the previous sharias are abrogated. We have to bound by what Allah has revealed to Rasulullah Then it says identify shared elements in these three religions which would include the creed, morals, culture, and place an emphasis on positive cooperation between the religions and cultures. The formation of joint document on human rights permit peace and coexistence between the followers of different religions. Comprehensive view of history and education curricula so they become free of any incitement and hatred. See, all this sounds good, and I have huge a document here to go along with. We don't have too much of a time. What point I would like to make sure we understand here is, see, all this idea of coexistence, Islam is the one who taught the mankind how to coexist. Let's not get swayed away by these fancy words as if this is something new that had come up. That we are trying to teach people how to coexist. They are trying to teach how to coexist with kufr system actually. And make Islam another spiritual religion like other religions exist. Take the Islam out of being a way of life into a spiritual religion. That's the idea here. To tame down Islam, to limit Islam to the masajid only. Limit the Islam, keep it in your house. So this way the main idea is to sexualize the Islam. And take the people away from the main concept of Islam. This is a way of life from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that make people worship in all aspects of life. And brothers, that does not mean that we are talking about this is a hatred speech or something. Sometimes people try to think of it. The moment you are talking against this the subject, you are talking about hate speech or something. We are trying to be clear to the mankind what Islam is about. And let's not taint Islam, change Islam, sugarcoat Islam, and thinking this way people will accept it. This is the choice Allah has given to all of us. Whether you want to accept Islam or not, we have given you two paths. It's your choice which path you want to take. So the choice is given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to us. Now, having said all this, and if we are going after, these are the goals that we want to achieve by participating in interfaith dialogue. We really have to think ourselves again. Because the purpose of the da'wah of Islam is to call people towards Jannah, to call people towards Islam. So they accept Islam. They reject other than Islam whatsoever they are following. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has mentioned in the Quran many times about when the prophets were calling people towards Islam, they were saying this, and you can see that many prophets said, Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam says, فَإِن تَوَلَّيْتُمْ فَمَا سَأَلْتُكُمْ مِنْ أَجْرٍ إِنْ أَجْرِيَا إِلَّا عَلَى اللَّهِ 
He's saying, when you turn your back on my call that I'm calling you, I ask of you nothing, no reward I'm asking you from. I'm not asking you to accept me, please, don't reject me. I'm not asking for any reward. My reward is with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is what Nuh alayhi salatu wasalam is saying. And he said that uh, in the ayah, the Quran is said, mentioned many times. Another place, he says, وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْرِ I'm not asking you from any reward. I'm not asking you to make me, give me some money or wealth or this or that or make me acceptable, let me coexist with you. No, I'm not asking for anything. I have something to offer to you. I have the message from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That's what we are delivering. That's what we should be thinking of when we carry the Islam. Same way we see Hud alayhi salatu wasalam. He says the similar word, وَمَا أَسْأَلُكُمْ عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْرٍ إِنَّ أَجْرِيَا إِلَّا عَلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ Same way Hud alayhi salam is saying that I am not asking for any reward from you. I am not asking for anything in return for the deen that I am calling you for. I have something to offer to you. That's the way we should think of when we are thinking of Islam to be offered to the others. Others, Sahih alayhi salam said the same thing, وَمَا أَسْأَلُوا عَلَيْهِ مِنْ أَجْرٍ إِنَّ أَجْرِيَا إِلَّا عَلَىٰ رَبِّ الْعَالَمِينَ this ayah is repeated by, uh, after every prophet's call, whether it's Salih, whether it's Shu'ayb, whether it's Nuh, whether it's Hud, whether Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa We find that all the prophets were very clear about this concept, that we are calling you and we are not expecting anything in return from you. Only return we are expecting is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So even when we think of our da'wah to the people, we should always remember that we are calling people so they can accept Islam and not expecting any favors from them, whether worldly famous in a material way or thinking of we are getting security or protection from the people by calling them towards Islam. They keep the kufr, that's okay. That's not the way we look at this da'wah of Islam. And even when the hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that says, This hadith, even the one that talks about that every, every action is dependent on the intention. What it means by that is, <coughs> the action has to be according to the commands of Allah by default, that's expected. Now we are evaluating the intentions here. If our intention is other than the pleasure of Allah but when we're calling people towards Islam, if it's other than to call people towards Islam so they can accept the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we should go back and question our intentions. Is that action is even acceptable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Is that even considered da'wah by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? So instead of I'm giving you too many answers, I want to leave this with the questions in our mind. Is this da'wah really accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala if we are expe- accept- expecting anything other than the ajr from Allah Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran tafsir, and seerah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about IslamPodcast.com.